0: Thanks for tuning in to the teaching ministry of Mike Hilson, Senior Pastor of New Life Wesleyan Church of La Plata, Maryland. It's a church that plants churches. And of Where You Are Church, an online church helping people reconnect with God through practical content and a growing community. Hey, we're glad that you're taking time to listen to this week's message. We hope this teaching helps you love God and love people better every single day. And if you enjoy what you hear today, consider sharing it with someone else. Now, enjoy today's teaching.
1: Start a new series that, uh, that that's going to take a look at something I think is going to be very interesting for all of us. What we're going to do today is we're going to begin to unpack for the next six weeks, uh, real versus fake. Uh, let, me, let me let me teach you something here. The enemy of our souls, the, the the devil, the the world around us. In reality, the world cannot create anything. There's this old story. Of a scientist who was convinced that that science could now do anything God did, and so and so you know, the scientists having an argument with God, and God is saying, uh, you know, well I created everything. The scientist said, no, no, no. Well, we can create, we can do that now too. So God said, well, I, I created a human, and and the scientist said, well, we can do that. He said, and God said, well, go ahead, show me. So the human went down and started gathering up some dirt to create a human, and God went, no, 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 no. So hold up you got to make your own dirt. I mean, you see the point of the story. The point of the story is that God created all the basic elements that we use for anything that we create, we say we create. Therefore, nothing has been created since God made the earth that wasn't made from what God created. That means that often when you look at things, you look at things that God originally created to be this— But somehow we took them and we made them into that, you know, I mean, I I could talk all day about this when it comes to food because there's food, there's real food and then there's fake food. And, you know, my my daughter-in-law is vegan, so there's meat, right? There's meat. And then there's uh, this other stuff that they say is meat and and it's like no 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 that's not really meat and it doesn't even look like it it doesn't have the right texture it does, you you see what i'm saying the enemy of our souls and the culture around us has taken some things that are very real and has begun to show them as fake so we want to we want to we want to i want to unpack these things in a way that we begin to look at what's real and what's fake and we begin to know the difference and we know how to operate in what's real so let's start with this word Real versus fake. When it comes to power, there's a lot of discussion in our culture right now about power and power dynamics, who's in charge, how they got in charge, why they have the authority they have, all of those things. But real power does not actually come from where society believes it does. I, I want For this story, I want to take you to Moses. So go to Exodus. I'm going to start in chapter three. We're going to move pretty quickly to chapter five, but here, here I'm going to start in chapter three. God is encountering Moses. at at the burning bush, and he's told Moses, I'm going to send you to deliver my people out of Israel. Moses' reaction in chapter 3, verse 11 is very telling for us. But Moses said to God, Who am I? Listen to that phrase. Who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Now, let's pause just a minute and let's realize that Moses was raised in the palace, in the Pharaoh's house. Moses was raised as an Egyptian. Moses was adopted by by Pharaoh's daughter. All of these things are true. Quite frankly, Moses' question is misplaced here because Moses is the logical choice among anybody else that might do this. Perhaps there's a leader among the uh, among the slaves that are still in Egypt that could do something like this. But in reality, Moses is the logical choice. But Moses does not see himself that way. Who am I, he says, that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And now, what God is saying to Moses is, I, I get it. You don't feel qualified. You don't feel like the person that should go. You don't feel like the person that could do this. But God says, I will be with you. I will be with you. Watch what 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 the core issue I want you to catch as we jump into this. Moses, throughout his life, he leads. He leads with strength. He leads with power. He he exercises tremendous power from this point forward in his life. But Moses has a default a default setting in his mind of humility. He has a default setting that says, I realize I can't speak well. I realize I messed up when I was younger. I realize I'm not the greatest choice for a lot of these things. I get all this. He has a default setting for humility. Now listen to me. In our current world, in our current culture, when we think of power, we don't think of humility alongside power, and yet humility is really the thing that Moses is known for, and Moses is one of the most powerful leaders that we see in all of Scripture, but there is a humility to him. If I were to jump over to King David, I could show you a humility in King David as well. I could show you humility in so many of the leaders that God has used. I actually think power comes from a spiritual humility that understands, I need God to do these things. I need God to accomplish these things, versus I can do this. Everybody, just get out of my way. I think, I think modern times, people look at at, at power and they assume because you have power, you do whatever you want to. But the truth is, that is not how Scripture unpacks it. Let me give you. Let me give you a counterpoint. I'm in chapter five, I'm in verse one. So a lot's gone on, but now Moses and Aaron are going to Pharaoh. So afterward, chapter five, verse one, Exodus chapter five, verse one, afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Notice how they phrase this. They don't say, they don't, they don't just come to Pharaoh and say, here's what you're going to do. No, they said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh responds, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. I need you to understand that that one of the things that we've got to unpack is that true power comes from a a. a default attitude in the heart of humility toward God. And if you don't have that, the opposite of that is pride. So pride versus humility are the options you can take when it comes to exercising power and beginning to exercise power. But if you take the point of pride, you need to understand you're taking a false power. You're finding a false power. Pharaoh says, I do not know the Lord and I will not let the Israel go who is this lord that I should obey him if pharaoh believe hey in in ancient in ancient egypt pharaoh believes he is god therefore he's not going to bow to some other god cuz he thinks he is god but here's the thing he thinks he is God, but he is not God. He is a fake God. He thinks he has spiritual power, but he has no spiritual power. He he has a fake power. His fake power gives him a pride, watch, a pride that is not backed up by by, by reality. He needs to be humble in the fact that, just like Moses, I don't have power. I don't have authority. I don't have anything to bring except that God sent me, and here's what God told me to tell you that you need to do. This is not from me. This is from God. Pharaoh says, I am God. I don't know your God. Hadn't met him. He hadn't been at any of the God conferences I went to. I'm making that up. But, you know, he, all of that, you know, he's saying all this, and Pharaoh is acting out of pride. I think in modern terms, our, we equate power with pride. And it's just, not, I think they're actually opposite. I think they work against each other. And it certainly works worked against uh, Pharaoh here. Jump down to verse 4 in chapter 5. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Get back to your work. Then Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now numerous and you are, you are stopping them from working. That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and the overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks and go and sacrifice as before, but don't reduce the quota. They're lazy and that's why they're crying out let us go and sacrifice to our god make the work harder for the people so that they would keep working and pay no attention to the lies watch here's the other here's the other balancing i think i think that i think that pride power in our current culture is operated is is wielded in a selfish manner there is a selfishness versus a selflessness now look look at these two characters again Pharaoh is obviously exhibiting selfishness. He's in charge. He's the king. It's very clear Moses is going to him. There there is an honor to him just by the way Moses approaches him. Pharaoh is the king, but he is operating in such a way that he won't even give the people a couple days off to go worship their God, which is what Moses has asked for. He won't, he won't do that. Why? Because he's selfish. He wants them to keep working. He wants to watch. He's not just being selfish with his time and with his profit margins and all of that. He's doing that. But he's also being selfish with his power. He's concerned that if he gives in at all, they will begin to rebel against him. It's a fair concern. It, he's probably not wrong. But he is now going to lock down harder and he's going to act in selfish ways. I got to tell you, People in power these days, people in power in our culture, act in very self-serving and selfish ways. It's almost childish to watch the people that are in power in, in our current culture and the way they enrich themselves, the way that they uh, they guard themselves from any accountability. The way it's almost childish to watch, and yet they do it. And so when that kind of fake power is exercised, it operates from a point of pride and a point of selfishness. Now, go to Moses. Moses is operating from a point of humility. Who am I that I should go do this when God calls him to it? But secondly, he's operating from a point of selflessness because Moses has already escaped this Egyptian problem. He has gone to Midian. He married. He got married in Midian. He has a wife. He has kids. He has a family. He has a business. He has flocks. He has wealth. He, everything he needs is in Midian. And now all of a sudden he's back here. Why? Because God told him to. Not because he wanted to. Not because Moses saw anything to gain. He saw nothing but lose in this. But it's what God called him to. So he was willing to do it. It's a selflessness. I, I, I think that true power comes from a point of humility and comes from a place of selflessness where I am not here to serve myself, I am here to serve others. I am here to serve you not me. If you're constantly working from a point of selfishness or self-serving, then you don't have any real power. People are only following you because you hold a position or a title. Once you lose the position or title, they will forget you, discard you, and move on because they don't need you anymore. Moses is operating from a point of selflessness, a place of serving people. I think selfishness is fake, is fake power. I think I think selflessness comes from real power power. So pride versus humility, selfishness versus selflessness. Let's keep going. Exodus still chapter five. Verse 15, then the Israelite overseers went and appealed to Pharaoh. Now, the Israelites are slaves to the Egyptians, but what the Israelites have done is they've divided themselves out, and there are some Israelites that are now organizing certain sections of the of the Israelite community. So these overseers went and appealed to Pharaoh because Pharaoh's taken away the straw. Basically, Pharaoh has made it their job harder but has not lowered the quota. So it's like you still have to produce the same amount, but I'm going to take away part of what you need to get that done. So you have to go get your own stuff. So so, so then the Israelite uh, overseers appealed to Pharaoh. Why have you treated your servants this way? Your servants have given no, are given no straw, yet we're told make bricks. Your servants are being beaten, but the fault is with your own people. Then Pharaoh says, by the way, this is obviously true. It's obviously true that Pharaoh has made the job harder, and yet they're beating the people because they're not accomplishing a goal that is actually not possible. So they're being beaten for not doing the impossible. Pharaoh's response is lazy. That's what you are lazy. That is why you keep saying, Let us go sacrifice to the Lord. Now get to work. You will not be given any straw, and you must produce your full quota of bricks. The Israelite overseers realized that they were in trouble when they were told, You're not to reduce the number of bricks required for you for each day. When they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them and they said may the Lord look on you and judge you you've made us obnoxious to the Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hand to kill us then Moses returns to the Lord and says why Lord why have you brought trouble on this on this people is this why you sent me ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name he's brought trouble on this people and you have not rescued the people at all. I want you to realize something. What I am suggesting to you as real power takes time to occur. Watch. When you exercise fake power, the power that comes from pride and the power that comes from selfishness, when you exercise fake power, I want you to understand you will experience short-term success. The reason people do it is because it works. You, you, you operate in pride and people look, well, he believes in himself, then I should believe in him too. And they'll start to follow you. But it wears thin very, very quickly when that pride becomes self-serving. And people start to look at it and they realize, well, you're not here. You're not here for us at all. You're not here for anybody but you. And they begin to not want to work with you. They begin to not want to follow you. So when you exercise power from a place of pride and a place of selfishness, you will have some short term successes, but you will have long term failure. There will be long term failure. On the flip side, What Moses is seeing and what Moses is reacting to and what the people are reacting to is this short-term success because what they are experiencing is short-term failure. Listen, when you try to exercise real power, power based in humility, power based in selflessness, what you're going to experience at first is a short-term set of failures. Because you're not doing it the way everybody else does it. You're not demanding that everyone else give to you or help you or pick you up. And you are going to experience some short-term failure. But you will see long-term success. In this section of Scripture, we see Pharaoh actually putting his foot down, and and just 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 crushing the Israelite people with the work that he has them do. He's showing his power. He's exerting his authority. He's in charge. He's demanding. He's actually lowered the workload for the Egyptian people because they don't have to provide straw. He's increased the workload for the Israelite people, and yet he's told them you must still produce the same quota. He is exercising full authority, full power, but it's short-term. Is short-lived. Moses, on the other hand, seems to come at this with no authority at all. He seems to have caused nothing but trouble. Even Moses himself looks at God and says, all you've done is you had me cause trouble for these people. And so in the moment, stay with me, in the moment, it seems that Pharaoh is succeeding and Moses is failing. No, no, no. In the moment, it's real. Pharaoh is succeeding. Moses is failing. And you're going to face that when you do this the right way. When you exercise power in the right way, you're going to face moments where it looks like you're failing and the people that are doing it wrong are succeeding. That's going to happen. But watch. Chapter 6, verse 1. Exodus chapter 6, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do. Pharaoh, what I will do to Pharaoh, because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. And because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. In fact, let me show you something. Not only will he let them do what God has called them to do, not only will he let them leave, he will drive them out. (laughs) There will be an aggressive application of the right way to move forward once he comes to realize who God really is, and he ain't it. Y'all, the truth is, this short-term failure, when it's in God's spirit, when it's led by God, will always turn into a long-term success. So I'm just here to tell you, you can practice you can practice power in the way the world does and you can use positional power and you can you 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 can exercise that power from a place of pride and have great pride in who you are that's what the world wants you to do you can be self-serving bring it to yourself and you can see some short-term success as doing that I'm just look, I'm just keeping it honest right but if you want to see long-term lifelong eternal success you're going to have to exercise power the way God tells you to You're going to have to do it from a point of humility, knowing that you need his strength. You're going to have to do it from a point of selflessness, knowing that he has called you, empowered you, and blessed you to be a blessing to others. And when you do that, you may see some short-term failures, but you will not fail to see long-term success. Power ultimately belongs to God. And when we serve him properly, will exercise it in the proper way. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you would speak to us. Lord, we are surrounded in this world that we're in with people who exercise power from a point of pride and from a point of self-serving selfishness. And Lord, it looks for all the world like they are winning time after time after time after time. But Lord, what we know looking at history is we know that in the end, your truth, your grace, and your gospel always prevails. The church has stood the test of time. The church is built on the rock, and the gates of hell has has not prevailed against it. So, Lord, let us stand with you. Let us exercise a power that is born out of humility, a humble servant of yours. Let us exercise a power that is selfless, focused on other people. And let us exercise a power that will give us long-term success so that generation after generation after generation will know you as the God of heaven. And we will give you praise. In your name we pray.
0: Thank you again for joining us. We hope that this resource helped you in your journey towards loving God and loving people better every single day. If you enjoyed this, please take a second, share it with your friends. And last, we wanted to give a special thanks to all of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you all that this is possible. And if you'd like to learn more about how to partner with us financially, go ahead and click give for more information. We appreciate anything that you can do to help. So thanks again for being a member of our online family. We love serving Jesus with you.